This is Update One, the podcast of the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Update One provides a forum for listeners to learn about national and international stories, focusing on journalism and communication issues, news and politics. Now, the latest edition of Update One. Among the institutions on which the year of the pandemic took a serious toll is our own National Press Club. I'm Irv Chapman, a longtime member of the club, and on this edition of Update One, I'll be talking with the 113th president of the National Press Club, Michael Friedman. He's a former general manager of the CBS radio network, and before that was managing editor for the broadcast division of United Press International, and before that, a radio journalist in Detroit. Mike, we're in Washington, D.C., where the mayors had to declare a series of health emergencies, banning us from filling the ballroom for press conference lunches and award dinners, and for that matter, banning indoor dining altogether. Start with press conferences. You've had to learn how to go virtual, haven't you? We did indeed, Irv, beginning in mid-March, when the press club was forced to suspend all in-person services as the pandemic began to envelop everyone We switched to virtual newsmaker and headliner interviews using our broadcast operations center. The pivot was quick and the pivot was successful. Over the course of the year, we still conducted over 50 interviews and more than 40 of those were conducted virtually. One of the advantages was that we were able to capture guests that we would not otherwise have had as newsmakers at the National Press Club. And I'll offer as example, uh, Jane Goodall, who joined us from her home in England. We had Bob Costas from Los Angeles and a number of other people from their homes around the world. So there was a silver lining to this in that we were able to interview a number of newsmakers that we might not otherwise have had in 2020. And it's also that audiences have been able to join from faraway places. Now, you gave out awards to some outstanding broadcast journalists this year. Our fourth estate award this year was bestowed upon Susan Zorinsky, who is the first woman to head a network news division. Susan Zorinsky has been with CBS News for almost 50 years, and it was a uh, a real pleasure to be able to honor her as one of those whom we bestowed awards at our fourth estate awards dinner, which was another virtual affair that that took place this fall. And we also had our competitive national journalism awards competition, which was no small feat this year because the judging is generally done in person. People sit down and they compare notes on the different nominees for awards, and we had to do everything virtually, but we were able to honor a number of fine journalists for their terrific work over the course of the last year. And uh, that evening, we also bestowed a President's Award on Charles Osgood, who many of our listeners will recall was the longtime host of CBS Sunday Morning and also the Osgood file on CBS Radio. And a former colleague of mine, so that was personally heartwarming. The ceremony in which you pass the baton to your successor, Lisa Matthews of the Associated Press, that will also be a charity event, won't it? I'll be handing the baton off to Lisa Matthews, who will become our 
114th president of the National Press Club at our first ever virtual inaugural to take place on January 30th. Lisa will be sworn in by my former CBS News colleague, Dan Rather, and we're so proud of that. And yes, all of the proceeds from the inaugural in 2021 will be used for our Help the Heroes program under which our kitchen staff at the Press Club prepares meals to go for the nurses and other critical staff of the Howard University Hospital. And this entire effort has been funded by corporate and individual donations and the proceeds from the inaugural event this year will go to Help the Heroes. The National Press Club and its affiliate, the Journalism Institute, have also continued their advocacy for press freedom around the world. Talk about that. There have been more than 800 journalists over the course of 2020 who were assaulted in the course of their duties. And a number of those assaults occurred during the demonstrations that have occurred on their streets this summer and fall. We're very proud that through our Press Freedom Committee, the National Press Club Journalism Institute and the National Press Club have spoken out jointly for press freedom in support of these journalists who have been injured in the line of duty, who have been arrested along the way. And that's here in the United States. That's not in in some foreign land. It's been extremely difficult for journalists in the United States to function over the course of the past few years when no less than the president of the United States has referred to reporters as enemies of the American people. And while journalists are certainly used to criticism, there seems to be a new level of it out there in certain circles now. And they need our support. And we are very proud that the Journalism Institute and the Press Club have been there, we believe, at every turn to support our journalists here and abroad. We also have redoubled our efforts over the course of 2020 to help bring Austin Tice home. Austin Tice is a freelance photojournalist who was taken prisoner in Syria more than eight years ago. We believe he's alive. We believe there is an opportunity to bring him home, and we're doing everything we can to help in that effort. Now, on any given day before the pandemic, the press club had hundreds of people passing through for meetings, interviews, freelance journalists doing their work via Wi-Fi, members meeting colleagues for after-work drinks, coming for dinner at two restaurants, including the white tablecloth First Amendment dining room, which is open to the public. You don't have to be a member to get a good meal in a relaxed setting. So has the club been a ghost town all year? Well, it certainly hasn't been heavily populated, I can tell you that. But what we haven't been able to do in person, we have been able to do in kind and virtually. The club established takeout service for food and delivery service for food. We have a National Press Club store in which you can buy not only merchandise, but wine. You can order meals from the National Press Club and Irv, our press club committees have done such an outstanding job this year. Our committee chairs have continued to bring together the members of their teams each month as much to find out how everybody is doing and make sure that they don't feel alone as to plan activities for the club, but activities they have planned. And we've had virtual pub quizzes 
We've had a number of other events that have taken place this year that have kept the press club together. Our executive director, Bill McCarron, has been working 24-7 since this pandemic hit in March of 2020. And I believe that he and I are most proud of the fact that we have been able to maintain the morale and the momentum and the membership of the National Press Club. That has been hugely important. And I'll just mention here that one of our efforts to show both how much we care about our members and to also try and draw some additional revenue into the the club was articulated in our two-for-one arrangement for members this year. We offered a special opportunity for members if they paid in full for 2021 by around Thanksgiving. They would receive their membership for 2022 for free. And it was an outstanding opportunity to save money, and it also helped the press club generate revenue for this year, which was much needed. We had over 500 members take advantage of that opportunity, and it netted the press club some $400,000 in revenue this year. Well, the club never actually closed its doors, did it? And we're very proud of that. We may have suspended in-person operations but the National Press Club has been open every single day of 2020, and that's 24-7. We've been there to support our members. We've been there to support our colleagues who are on the front lines around the world. And of that, we are very, very proud. And you were open on election night. We were open on election night, and we had a press center, and we had an arrangement this year with the Commission on Presidential Debates, and we were the official press filing center for all of the debates that took place this fall. So, yes, it's a source of great pride to say that while the National Press Club may have suspended in-person operations, we never closed. It takes a substantial staff to run the National Press Club. What became of those folks? We have a staff of about 150 people, Irv. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic, and the loss of in-person services, uh, we were forced to furlough about half the staff this year. It's important to distinguish the difference between a furlough and a layoff. Many of us have friends, relatives who have been laid off this year. When you're laid off, you have no benefits. When you're furloughed, you retain real important key benefits like your health care. The employees of the National Press Club who were not able to stay on the job this year were furloughed, which means they are continuing to receive their health care benefits in addition to the unemployment benefits uh, that have been offered by their uh, home cities and states and the federal government. The staff that um, are on duty at the National Press Club all took voluntary 15% pay cuts to help the National Press Club out. And we offer our heartfelt thanks to them for their dedication to our club. You're also something of a souvenir hunter in your year presiding over the press club. Tell me about some of those mementos. We're very proud uh, to have received as a donation from Edward R. Murrow's family the several personal effects of Edward R. Murrow, including his briefcase and on the fun side, his poker chips and dice, and uh, we also received some beautiful framed photos of Ed Murrow, things that hung in his office at CBS, and we will be able to keep those on display. As many folks know, we have a Murrow room at the Press Club, and 
The photos and some other artifacts will be on display in the Murrow Room and at other locations. We also received on loan from Ed Murrow's son, Casey Murrow, and the Murrow family what is considered the holy grail of broadcast journalism. This is the BBC Marconi microphone that Ed Murrow used for his World War II broadcast over CBS radio from London. It was given to Murrow by the engineers of the BBC in 1946. It has a beautiful inscription on it, and it has remained in the Murrow home since 1946. And there was an historic handoff that took place this fall along the Garden State Parkway when my wife and I drove up and we met Casey Murrow at the Montvale exit of the Garden State Parkway and we transferred from Casey Murrow's car to my car the briefcase, the photos, the poker chips and the dice and the beautiful historic Murrow microphone which now is in an installed case in a wall near the Murrow room inside the National Press Club. So those who are able to come to the club will be able to see the Murrow microphone and we will have it for a period of time into 2021. And we hope that we'll have the opportunity to have more members and guests see it. Well, up to now, the major souvenir was that photograph of Harry Truman playing the press club piano and Lauren Bacall, the actress, sitting on top of it and a good time being had by all. Michael Friedman, president of the National Press Club, has been talking about this unprecedented year in the history of the club and of this country. I'm Irv Chapman. Mike, thank you. Thank you, Irv. Update One is a production of the National Press Club's Broadcast Podcast Committee. You can comment on this podcast or any episode of Update One by sending an email to Update One Podcast. That's update the number one podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Update One. Update One.